You are listening to True To You Radio, your home for abundance, awareness, appreciation, and acceptance. Visit us online at truetoyouradio.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore and learn what it means to live from your heart, not your head. And for those of you not quite familiar with heart dancing, it's a process of unlearning the world's messages and remembering your authentic self. When you start listening to the world's definition of happiness and success, at some point you may realize that you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. There's always going to be something more to strive for or obtain. Heart dancing is a different way of looking at your world and looking at yourself. It's a way to return to your soul, the source of unconditional love. And the heart dancing mantra is, let love lead. And you'll understand more about that as you join me in the dance. Love knows the way. You just have to follow. Heart dancing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live authentically, create deliberately, and dance with life. Remember, the heart dancing mantra is let love lead. Whenever you let love lead, it will always take you back to your authentic place, which is in your heart. And if you let your heart guide your actions, thoughts, words, and deeds, you will lead a magical life. To find out more, please visit katherineerickson.com or find me on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Instagram. I think that's all of them. I always forget the list. So, Heart Dancers, we have a very special guest on the show today, uh, Kelly Fallardu, and I may have totally butchered her name, but we'll ask her how to pronounce it in just a moment. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Hi, how are you? How do you pronounce your last name? Yeah, it's actually easier than you think. It's, it's, it's Falardo. Oh, I like that so much better than how I said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but your way sounded kind of cute. So I well, like yeah, Falardo. Okay, I am so sorry. I am from Texas. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that in my accent, but Falardo doesn't sound right. Falardo does. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's all okay. You, you're not the only one who's had problems pronouncing my name, so it's all good. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I am so excited that you're on the show today. You have quite a story. And you know what? Instead of reading your bio, I would almost rather hear a, a, you know, a short account from you. Who you are, why you're here, what message are you sharing with the world? Okay. Well, um, I got burnt when I was two years old to 75% of my body. And so my whole life, I struggled, you know, with being the ugly girl. And I was never considered beautiful, you know, in my own eyes, I was considered ugly. And um, so I spent four months in the hospital every 
two days I was in the operating room. And then every two years until I was 20 years old, I would have to go back for more surgeries and I would have to spend a whole month of my summer holidays in the hospital. And um, even now I still go for some laser surgery and I've been doing that for a couple of years also. And that to help with the contractions and the releasing of the scars. <clears throat> so my whole life was, was consumed around hospital visits and, you know, trying to feel beautiful and having confidence and trying to just, you know, work my way through the world. I never thought that I would ever get married because, you know, I didn't even have my first kiss until I was like 18 years old and never thought I would have kids. But, you know, I did end up getting married when I was about 20 and then had three beautiful kids, including a set of twins. And I actually even lost a baby at about 28 weeks. And um, so, and then five years ago, I decided that I was going to end my 24 year marriage. And I wanted to find happiness and love and be more authentic and real. And I had already been exposed to being a speaker. And so I was well on my way uh, uh, to doing that. And then I decided to write my first book and then six months later decided to write a second one and in the meantime that was I also had a full-time job at that time and my boss called me in because I had the worst performance review ever in my life hmm. and she made me she made me answer this question and she said I need you to think about this would you be excited to come to work on Monday or would you be relieved if you didn't have to come to work on Monday and I was shocked because that question hit me right to my core because I knew the answer. Um, I had already, you know, started my speaking career in my book through all the trauma around, you know, marriage and leaving, you know, my kids because my kids stayed with my ex and then I just saw them every day. Um, so I was going through all this tremendous change. And so the last thing I really wanted was to also lose my job. But I knew that she was right. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be a speaker full time. I knew that I wanted that lifestyle. I wanted to be able to help people and really live my passion. And so it really hit me to the core. And so the very next day, I went back to work and I said to her, you're right, today's my last day. I would, I'd be relieved if I didn't have to come to work on Monday. And it was, like I said, it was traumatic because in six months, I lost, you know, my job, my marriage, living in, you know, in a bedroom with my aunt and uncle, you know, here I am, 44 years old, living in a bedroom. And, <laughs> you know, uh, but I decided that, I, if I was going to do it, I was going to have to do it all and do it good. And so I took that leap of faith and did it. Wow, Kelly, uh, we could talk for hours on each segment of what you just described. That, that is such an incredible journey. But let me put a focus very quickly on your um, growing up, you know, having to deal with the aftermath of being burned. And I assume it was it on your face? as well as your body, or where exactly were you burned? Yeah, I was pretty much burned my face. I've got a bald spot, both of my arms, my whole chest. I'm missing a nipple. My, uh, my back was burnt, and then a little mm. bit on my legs. But 
pretty much like 80% of my body was, was burnt. Mm. So that in and of itself is such a challenge, and um, especially as a teenager. And I think one of the books you've written is to help teens get their self-esteem from the inside, not from what they look or how they, how they appear on the outside. Is that right? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I love, like there's the two markets that I love to speak to, and that's women and teens. Um, because teens are so focused on what they look like that they forget that, you know, it's, it's really about what's on the inside. And if you could get strong on your inside and stand up to those people who are trying to bring you down or trying to make you feel ugly, uh, you would have a much better way. And, and that's the challenging part. Like teens are so focused on social media and the regular media. And they think that if they don't live up to those standards that they're not going to be beautiful or that nobody's going to love them. And, and that's what's so wrong is that there's love everywhere in this world. And, you know, you just need to learn how to tune out all that negative and horrible stuff that's going on and tune into what's really good about you. And, and that can be the most challenging part for most people. Yes. And especially for teens, I have a teen daughter and I see her kind of struggle with that and she'll be fine one minute, and then the next minute she'll look on her Snapchat or Instagram, and her mood will instantly change because of something that she saw on there. So it's, it's almost as if we need to show them how to reclaim themselves, right? You're totally right. I have a 17-year-old daughter, too, and, you know, there was a while there where she felt that, you know, only way she'd be beautiful is if she wore makeup and you know and then I'd see her and I'm like oh my gosh like that doesn't even look like you and she's got these beautiful freckles and she'd be wearing makeup to cover them up and mm -hmm. like oh same type of thing you know where she's getting bullied and stuff and it's like oh I just wish that you could learn that you just need to tune that out and and just not focus on what other people are saying Right, right. And you of all people have experienced that painfully, I'm sure and intimately absolutely i mean every day i get stared at and you know and i and a lot of time people take second and third looks at me because you know of what i look like and so you know when i was a teenager that used to bother me tremendously because i always assumed that everybody was thinking i was ugly mm -hmm. and i still remember this story uh, a friend of mine him and i went to high school well we went all through school together and we had finished high school and we were at the bar and I asked him to walk me home or back to my car and he said yeah absolutely and we noticed coming towards us there was this guy and he was staring at me and I said oh damn it Paul like another person staring at me like seriously like I'm done with this and he goes Kel he's staring at you because you're so darn cute <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Paul, you know, it's like, yeah, no, you're wrong. And he goes, like, no, seriously, like, like, why do you assume everybody thinks you're ugly? Because they're not. And that's the whole thing. Like, we, it's so easy for us to focus on the negative part. And the, and the instant thought we have when someone looks at us is that they're thinking that we're ugly or that we're not good enough. When really they could be thinking, oh, my God, I love her blouse she's wearing. I wonder where she got it. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I, I, I wish I had that kind of confidence, you know, or I wish I had those pair of shoes or whatever. But a lot of times we just instantly dive right into what we don't like about ourselves and we think that's what people are noticing and we're totally wrong. 
Yes, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I think somehow we get trained that way or we train ourselves to do that. And it's really a deliberate conscious decision to make that shift and make that pivot to not think the negative and, and look for the positive. Well, it's easier. It's easier to look for the negative. It's easier to go look in the mirror and say, yuck. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's easier to just go yuck instead of, oh my God, are you ever cute? You know, and it was funny because yesterday, uh, my friend took me out for my birthday and, you know, and I, I was in a different city and wasn't really sure about what I was wearing, but I went and I looked in the mirror and I thought, oh my God, you know what? You really are cute. And whereas <laughs> this morning I woke up and I said, oh my God, I feel like a truck ran over me. But, but you know, I know it's just a temporary thing. Uh, and I know that, you know, once I have a shower and do my hair, I'll be able to go and say, you know what? There is a little cutie in that mirror. So. Right. And you brought up a great point. Mood has a lot to do with what we see. Have you noticed that? It has to do a lot with what we see. Yes. Because, for, ex yeah, uh, for example, if you wake up and you may feel a little bloated or, you know, you couldn't believe you ate dessert last night or whatever it is, and you know you gained a pound or two, and you look in the mirror, you may see something different than if you just came back from the gym and you're feeling strong and powerful and, and empowered. Yeah, you know, the, here's, here's some of my strategies that I use. Okay. Because um, I have a story. There was a lady, this happened about six to seven years ago, and I went to a garage sale, and this lady says to me, it couldn't do better than that. And I was shocked, and I was really, really quite hurt, because I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't been called ugly in so many years. And this lady doesn't even know what I've been through. She uh -huh. had no idea about the hundreds of surgeries that I've had, and, and how many months I've spent in the hospital, and, and all this stuff. She had no clue. And I know what she meant. She meant, why can't they do some sort of magic surgery on you, take all your scars away, and then you'd be beautiful. Um, and, and I didn't take it that way. Um, and I was very, very hurt. And I just said, you know what? I happen to think I look pretty damn good. And I walked out. And when I left, I said to myself, why am I letting a complete stranger take my power away? Mm -hmm. why, why am I letting somebody who's never going to count in my life, who I'll never see again, take my power away and make me feel ugly? And I thought, you know what? Not once have my kids or my family or my friends ever said to me, you know, mom or Kel, I would love you more if you were scarless. Not once. Not once have the people who counted in my life, you know, want me to be scarless. They're perfectly happy the way I am. So that day was my turning point. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done feeling ugly. I want to feel beautiful. So I remember... I would go look in the mirror and I would just say, when I looked in the mirror, I would just say, you know how they say you're supposed to say affirmations. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. And eventually you'll believe it. Mm -hmm. That's so wrong. It's not even funny. It, it doesn't work that way because if you don't believe it, you're never going to believe it. So what I had to do is I had to go in the mirror and this is my strategy that I always teach women and teens. Go in the mirror and give yourself permission to say, I am going to love my little parts. If you can't love the whole body 
And believe me, my scars are ugly. They're not pretty. And so I would go in the mirror and I would say, you know what? I'm going to give myself permission to love my little part. And I looked at my eyes and I said, you know what? I love my big, beautiful green eyes. And my, my ego didn't say anything because it's true. I believe I have big, beautiful green eyes. Mm-hmm. So then I looked at my nose and I said, oh, I have a cute little nose. I love it. And again, my ego didn't say anything because it's true. I believe it. I have a cute little nose. And then, you know, I had my, I looked at my ear and I thought, and it's deformed, right? It's pretty small. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I happen to love my cute little ear. It makes me special. It makes me different. It makes me unique. And again, my ego didn't say nothing. And then, you know, I had all my favorite pair of jeans and I turned and looked at my butt and I said, you know what? I happen to think I have a cute hot owl. And again, (laughs) and I believe it because other people have said it and I believed it. So what happened was the next time I looked in the mirror, I didn't see the parts I hated. I saw the parts I loved. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people say, oh my God, you're just bragging about yourself. And no, that's not what I'm doing at all. I am embracing who I am. Mm -hmm. And when you embrace who you are, that's when you can start to love yourself. And and that's why um, I actually just today launched my new ebook, and it's called Seven Ways to Embrace the Real You. And I talk about, you know, how I had to, you know, let go of certain things and I had to embrace who I was because I knew the scars weren't going to go away. My doctor had done so many surgeries. I had prayed to God a million times to take my, take my life or give me, you know, a body with no scars and it could, and he didn't, he didn't give me a scarless body. And I knew there was no way that my scars were going to disappear. So I had to learn to embrace myself. And and that's what this ebook is all about is, you know, seven ways to embrace the real you. I love it. I just love it. So that ebook is available right now on Amazon, I assume. It is, but I have a special offer for your listeners. So Yes, please. Yeah, on Amazon it's four ninety nine. But if they go to um howtoloveyourself.org I'm looking for people to just fill in, you know, some opinions about self-talk and everything. And so they can go through these opinions. There's six little questions there. Um, And then they'll have access to the book for only 99 cents. Oh, that's great. So they go go to howtoloveyourself.org, take the survey, quick survey, six questions, answer those. And then they'll be sent to a link to get the ebook, Seven Ways to Embrace the Real You, for less than a dollar. Exactly. That is such a great deal. Thank you, Kelly. You're very welcome. How long is that going to, that special offer going to be up or available? I, you know, be available probably for the next few months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's lots of time to be able to do it. And, um, but I just want to be people to be able to get this information because it's just been so cool to, to see this. And I know how hard it is for people to love who they are. And that's why I've taken the word love out and put embrace in because I think that's a, um, an easier word for people to accept. It's easier for them to embrace who they are than to find ways to completely, totally love themselves. Yes. Yeah. But it's all about that. It's about learning to love yourself. 
And do you give, you know, obviously the seven ways, are they um, specific practical ways to embrace yourself? It is, and it is. It's, it's all about, you know, stopping uh, people, like stopping, you know, women compete with each other. You know, mm -hmm. they, they go in a room and they look, oh my God, she's more beautiful than me or she's wearing a better outfit than me and whatever. And so it's about letting go of competition. You know, it's about um, tuning into what, what your favorites are. Um, Catherine, you're a mom. I'm a mom. I don't know if you ever went through this, but I did where I actually didn't even know what my favorite foods were anymore because I was so involved in taking care of my kids and my husband at the time that I didn't even know what I liked. You know, I was always buying clothes for them and making sure that they had their activities and they had their food and their favorite snacks in the house. And, and then it was like, what about me? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I, I have never gotten to that point, but I know other women who have, and they get totally immersed in that mom slash wife role and they forget about their own female role, woman role. Exactly. Who, yeah, so I understand that. Well, that is so awesome. Well, we have about five more minutes, Kelly. Can you tell us about some of the other books you've written? What's your favorite book? Well, um, right now, this is my favorite one, but my next favorite one is going to be the one that's going to be coming up in the next year. And the reason it's my favorite, it's called Still Beautiful. And it's being made into a documentary film type thing. So really? it's our... It is. It's been picked up by a broadcaster already, and so we're in negotiations right now, and it's in the next, you know, probably 18 months, it's finally going to come out, and I really believe it's going to be the next secret, so I'm excited about it because we've got the movie and the book coming out together, and that's going to be a lot of, well, it's going to be more of the drama around, you know, my life story and how I got burnt and, you know, the surgeries and my, you know, a little bit about my marriage and divorce and all that stuff and my, my basically my whole journey and how, you know, actually when I finally stepped into my power and decided I wanted to be a speaker and an author and a painter and all that. Uh, I started winning awards. I became the woman of distinction and, you know, medal from the queen and the best-selling author and all this stuff happened when I decided to be my authentic and real self, you know, and that's why I love your show so much, Catherine, is because it's all about stepping into that passion. So, so yeah. Um, and my second favorite book is my self-esteem doesn't come in a bottle book. I love that book too, because that's more of my how to book, yes. like how to get confidence, how to get self-esteem. My first book is called No Risk, No Reward. That's more of my memoir and my life story of, of how I went from near death to success. And, and then I have a couple others. One is 1,000 Tips for Teenagers and uh, Seven Reasons Women Don't Love Themselves and How to Change It. Okay, wow. <laughs> you, have been, <laughs> you have been quite prolific and quite successful. That is so impressive, Kelly. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. and um, in that, uh, you said you won a Women of Distinction Award and you received a medal from the Queen? I did. I got the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee medal. Wow. <laughs> how, yeah, how, how did you I know. get that? It was crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, when was that? What year well, was that? What, that was in 2013. And basically what happened is I had put on a concert for the teenagers in my town. And it was called Still Beautiful. 
And in this uh, concert, we had a band that played a song, well, a whole bunch of songs. And uh, we had a hypnotist and I spoke. And then we had the kids do up posters that said still beautiful on them. And uh, the media came out and they did a big story about it. And then what happened is one of our government officials saw that, that story. And she nominated me for the medal. And so I was quite surprised that I was, you know, one of the winners because I thought, really? Like, I, you know. <laughs> but the thing was, she wanted ordinary, everyday people to win it. She didn't want it just to be, you know, like the top realtor here in, in our town to win it. She wanted it to be ordinary people who are making, you know, an impact. So it was really quite cool. I was really quite excited that, you know, I had phoned the media and got them involved for this event. and. You know, as a result, I got a medal out of it. I thought that was pretty cool. And then my daughter had to accept it because I was off speaking at an event to a bunch of women. <laughs> no. So you didn't get to meet the queen? No, the queen didn't come here, but just their government officials were here. They, but they had to make a picture of her and, and everything. And so but my daughter got to go up and in front of all these people. Like there was like three or 400 people and she had to meet them and shake hands with them. She was like 12 years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, did she embrace that or did she kind of, you know, oh, mom, can't you be there? She, she did. And then it was funny because a couple months later, she had to accept another award for me. And, oh. <laughs> and woman, of, woman of Distinction Award, her and my mom had to accept because again, I was in opposite end of Canada uh, speaking to 100 abused women so to me it was more important to be speaking to those women that needed my help than for me to get you know an award it was an just award. yeah which yeah, is more important to, to do that and so my poor daughter she's the one that has to accept all my awards for me <laughs> oh that is hilarious <laughs> oh Kelly I just love that and the <laughs> The humility to choose to speak to the women who needed you more. I mean, the medal's nice, but that's not why you're doing this. Exactly. Yeah. I know. And that's the thing. That's why it like, surprised me that I was even won it because it was like, well, this is just who I am. I, I would be out speaking if people wanted me to, no matter what. I wasn't looking for any recognition for it. It was just because I know these people want to hear my message. So, Yeah. Yeah, and, and that also points out something else, and I'll just, you know, share this with heart dancers. You know when someone's being authentic, when someone's being real, and when they're coming from their own uh, power. And, exactly. And, and, I, and that's why you've gotten these awards, Kelly, because people yeah. see that, and they see your truth because you're willing to be vulnerable and to let them in. And yeah. that's such a great lesson for all of us to, you know, to, to observe, see, share, and also model, to, uh, to imitate. Yeah. So thank you so much. You have been such an inspiration. And we could continue talking, like I said, the beginning for hours. <laughs> unfortunately, um, we're out of time. Oh, um, darn. Well, we'll have to do it again. Yes, please. I would love to have you back on. So where can people find you on the internet? Okay, well, so they can go to howtoloveyourself.org, and that's where they can do the, the give me their opinion, get the book, or they can also go to my website, which is um, kellyfilardo.com, and that's K-E-L-L-Y-F as in Frank, A-L-A-R-D-E-A-U.com. Yep, dot com. Great. 
Well, Kelly, you have been such a joy. Thank you so much. Is there any, um, yeah, are there any parting words that you'd like to tell our listeners? You know, there's a quote that I made up and for some reason it, it, it sounds so simple, but yet it's, it sticks with me. And that is that dreams are meant to be found, not tucked away in dreamland. Mm, love that. Dreams are meant to be found, not tucked away in dreamland. In dreamland. So yeah, so go after your dreams. Right. Well, you heard it, Heart Dancers. For someone who's lived it herself, go after your dreams. They're waiting for you to bring them out to the world. And you know what? The world needs your dreams. So, yeah, don't you agree with that? They absolutely do. They they need you to fulfill your passion. Um, I had no clue that by me getting up on stage and speaking to people that people would be coming up to me and saying, you know what, I'm so happy that you did this because I want to live today. I didn't want to live. I wanted to commit suicide, but you've helped me to get through one more day. And that is so empowering. Like I had no clue that when my friend was get, trying to get me up on stage to speak that I was going to be able to impact people in that way. Right. And so that's why I'm always encouraging people, tell your story because somebody might need to hear it and it's going to help them live. That, I just love that. Thank you, Kelly. That is You're so powerful. Welcome. We have been on the Heart Dancing Radio Show and this has been a very special edition. And please visit um, Kelly's website. Uh, where is it again? <laughs> I wrote it down in my notes. It's kellyfilardo.com. Yes, and the other one where you can get the ebook for, oh, howtoloveyourself.org. I apologize. So thank you, heart dancers, and remember to let love lead and be well. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we learn to dance with our hearts, not our heads. And remember, you're now part of the tribe. Be sure and tell your friends about the magic that happens here. Uh, Heart dancing, it's the only way to live.